In the Bible, wisdom has many faces. It is portrayed in terms sometimes human and sometimes divine. Often it is personified as feminine. In this passage, woman wisdom is depicted not only as the first creation of God, but also as God's helper, rejoicing in God's creation, especially in human beings. The first reading for the Holy Trinity is from Proverbs, the eighth chapter. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up, at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. This is the word of the Lord. The psalmody reading for the Holy Trinity is Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Peter continues his Pentecost sermon proclaiming that Jesus is both Christ and Lord. The second reading is from the second act, chap, chapter of Acts. <clears throat> but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definitive plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, 
I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch, David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him, that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Glory, Glory to you, o Lord. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say, he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This is the gospel of the Lord. In our church calendar year, we celebrate Holy Trinity after Pentecost. Some of us from the Tuesday morning uh, pericope study encouraged Donna to leave up these beautiful decorations around the cross because of the symbolism that it brings with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't it gorgeous? 
Holy Trinity. Now, how do you explain that? Basically, the Trinity is the belief that God is one in essence, but distinct in person. The Greek word for person, hypostasis, means that which stands on its own and does not mean the persons of the Trinity are three people. Therefore, we believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinct from one another, but not divided and are completely united in heart and will. You got it? (laughs) But how can that be? Think of how humans see with two eyes. Most of us in the room at one time or another in our lives have been able to see clearly with both eyes. No glasses needed or whatever. Each eye is distinct, yet one, and undivided in their sight. If we close one eye and look at an object across the room, go ahead and do that. Then switch, opening the eye, that eye and closing the other. Most of us still see the same object. For some, it might be a little fuzzier than others, but we still see the same object. We can't look at one side of the room with one eye and one side of the room with the other eye because it's just humanly impossible. You can try that if you want. And to make it even more of a mystery, we throw our brain into the mix and it somehow puts it all together so we know exactly what we see. Now I could stand up here and try to explain the mystery of the Trinity, but I think interpreting how our Bible lessons this morning tie in with the Trinity might be a better use of our time. I struggled with it a little bit, but I hope I can make the muddy waters a little clearer. We've already established that the Holy Trinity is three, yet one. Of the three, we have learned the most about God the Son, Jesus Christ, who came to earth and dwelt among us. He was tangible for some, thousands of years ago, yet his ways and teachings are continually being shared with others to this day and will be for years to come. God the Father, though never seen in physical form other than maybe a cloud or the burning bush or a bright light, can still be associated with because we all have fathers here on earth. A father's role as head of the home demands selfless sacrifices and big responsibilities. God commissions a father to care for the children entrusted to him, to teach them God's ways, leading by example. For some, perhaps, your father didn't fulfill his responsibilities as he should have or was abusive. Maybe you grew up without a father or he's no longer living. You may feel fatherless. Whether your father is one of the best or somehow fell short, our lessons today point to a perfect father in heaven who is good and full of unconditional love. And finally, God the Holy Spirit, the most mysterious and perplexing of the three. How do these lessons tie it all together? If nothing else, I think it's safe to say that God had a plan. Each of these lessons reveals important pieces of the unveiling of his mighty plan. Our first lesson from Proverbs establishes the triune God's power and might, his majesty and will, 
and expresses the mystery of it all. It focuses on wisdom, which is brought forth by God before all things. It was present with God before the beginning of time. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Verse 22. When he established the heavens, I was there. Verse 27. All that God created and all that he does is the product of his infinite wisdom. This wisdom, though, is not the same as knowledge. You can learn a lot of facts and get smart, but if you can't apply the information to your life, then you're not wise at all. Spiritual wisdom comes from God, the Father, who is all-knowing, and this wisdom is shared equally by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? Verses 1 and 2 are an invitation to receive God's wisdom and to know his will. We are given the gift of God's wisdom by the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, it is our sinful nature not to choose wisely, and we often fall short of what God wants for us. Psalm 8 is a hymn of praise, an affirmation that this God, this majestic and all-knowing God, this God full of wisdom and power and might, is our God. It begins, O Lord, our Lord. It ends with, O Lord, our Lord. It does not separate the name and the person. He is one God. How majestic is your name in all the earth. This demonstrates a relationship with the Father. Everything he created is in relationship with him. Take a look at the cross. On Tuesday morning during Pericope, Carlene mentioned how the red and the orange shooting up from the base of the cross seem to represent God the Father's creation of the majesty that surrounds us. And yet, he gave us the awesome responsibility of caring for it. Who are we? Who am I to be given such a responsibility? This psalm reminds us of just that in verses 5 and 6. It reads, Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Wow. <laughs> just a little lower than the heavenly beings? Giving us dominion over all the earth. We were made in the Father's likeness and image so that we may live in the way we were created to live, like him, according to his will, according to his plan. But do we? Last Sunday was Pentecost. In Acts, we heard the first part of Peter's sermon and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit over all the people. Today, we read the second part of his sermon, which focuses on Jesus, God the Son, especially his death and resurrection. The main point being that all of this was part of God's plan as revealed in the Psalms. Take a look at the cross again. We have God the Father, majestic creator of all, as previously mentioned, shooting up from the base of the cross. And Jesus, represented, risen by the empty cross. Acts 2.32 reads, This Jesus God raised up. And of that, we are all witnesses. 
Peter restates Jesus' resurrection as God's mighty act and proclaims the significance of the apostles witnessing it. It was all part of God's plan. In this reading, it is important to note that Peter connects the Holy Spirit's work to the story of Jesus as well. In verse 33, Peter states, Having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. With the Holy Spirit's intervention, the authors of the New Testament were able to experience the power of the resurrection, which enabled them to see things in the Old Testament scriptures that had not been seen before. Verses 30 and 31 speak to the prophet David foretelling of Christ's resurrection. The people were now able to put it all together. The prophecy revealed. And finally, in our gospel lesson from John, Jesus ties it all together by saying in verse 58, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I am. The name God gave himself in Exodus. The name that describes the triune God since before the beginning of time. The name that is above all other names. If, we merely, if he merely wanted to say that he existed before Abraham, he would have said, I was. But Jesus was connecting himself with God the Father. The words chosen by the Spirit make it very clear that Abraham was brought into being, but Jesus existed eternally. Without a doubt, the Jews knew exactly what Jesus meant. Otherwise, they wouldn't have tried to stone him, as was customary to do when someone was blaspheming. But Jesus committed no blasphemy. Jesus was and is God, the second person of the Godhead, equal to the Father in every way, as is the Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, equal to the Father in every way, all of which is part of God's plan. Take one more look at the cross. God the Father, majestic creator of all, Christ the risen Lord, and the Holy Spirit represented as a dove. It's beautiful. So what does all this mean for us today? It means this. We too are part of the triune God's plan. Creation was God's plan. Christ was God's plan. The Holy Spirit's intervention was God's plan. We are God's plan. God gave us the ability to think, reason, and problem solve. Our capacity to love as well as to be wounded comes from God. But because of our sinfulness and imperfection here on earth, we can only receive glimpses of what God's love and wisdom truly are. We can strive for God's holiness, but we can never get there because we're human. But God's unconditional love and grace looks beyond our failures. Next time you look in the mirror, consider this. Consider that God is looking back at you with want in his eyes, saying, Live like I want you to live. Love like I love. Serve like I serve. The good news is this. There is a church that is Christ. And God is revealed to us in numerous ways every day by the Holy Spirit. 
living and dying in this world as we know it can be a very scary thing. But with the triune God and with death, there is life. That's why it's so important to stay connected to God through his word and to be open to the Holy Spirit working in and through us to follow God's will. When we study God's word, it's in our best interest to do so through the lens of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit reveals to us that which God wants us to know at that time, in that place, for whatever reason, just as he has for so many years to those who came before us. It is the Holy Spirit that helps us in our weakness and intercedes for us. It is the work of the Spirit that makes prayer work so that we may receive wisdom, power, and strength to face that which comes our way, just as Christ did, to live as God created us to live. As humans, we are sinful beings and always will be, no matter how hard we try not to be. But that doesn't matter because the Christian church will always belong to God. And in that priesthood of believers, we are called to share the good news wherever we are and whatever our situation. Faith is an undeserving gift of love from God. It is given to us by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. And by hearing the word, we believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. By this grace, God daily and richly forgives all of our sins. And when we forgive others, we forgive our sinful selves. As we celebrate Father's Day today, be reminded that our triune God is caring, compassionate, providing, protecting, comforting, leading, and faithful. Hold on to the promises he makes us. Ask the Holy Spirit to let his word fill our hearts. And one day, we will join our families and loved ones in a paradise made possible by the gift of his son. Let's honor our heavenly father today by honoring our earthly fathers. Love, respect, pray for, and forgive them when needed. And dads, happy Father's Day. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in your greatness and power, your gentleness and love, your mercy and justice. Enable us by your spirit to honor you in our thoughts, words, and actions, and to serve you in every aspect of our lives. This through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our faith with the Athanasian Creed. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold the Catholic faith. Whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled will, without doubt, perish eternally. The Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. 
The Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father infinite, the Son infinite, the Holy Spirit infinite. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. Just as there are not three uncreated or three infinites, but one uncreated and one infinite. The Holy Spirit Almighty. And yet there are not three Almighties, but one Almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord. And yet there are not three Lords, but one Lord. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord, so also are we prohibited by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords. The Father is not made nor created nor begotten by anyone. The Son is neither made nor created but begotten of the Father alone. The Holy Spirit is the Thus, there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in this Trinity, none is before or after another, none is greater or less than another, but the whole three persons are co-eternal with each other. So that in all things, as has been stated above, the Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is by faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the same time both God and man. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man, born from the substance of his mother in this age, perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the, human, of the humanity into God. One altogether, not by confusing of substance, but by un- unity of person. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ. Who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again the third day from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is seated at right. This is the Catholic faith. Whoever does not believe it faithfully and firmly cannot be saved. Let us go to our triune God in praise. 
and with prayer for all people in their needs. Eternal and unchangeable God, Father, <laughs> Son, and Holy Spirit, accept our praise this day for creating us, preserving us, redeeming us, and delivering to us your forgiveness and salvation. Triune God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Blessed Father, we worship you not as we ought, but as we are able. Within the frailty of our minds and hearts, we still struggle against sin and unbelief. Guard us by your Spirit, that we may not grow weary or lose sight of the goal before us. Let the Holy Spirit work in us to display the good works of Jesus, who has called us from darkness into his marvelous light. Triune God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, you promise to always be with us. Into your gracious, loving arms, we commend all who are sick or suffering. Today, we pray for those listed in our prayer requests and those we name in our hearts. Strengthen their faith so that they may bear away any Bear, may bear any hardship in patience and trust until you grant them relief, peace, and healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, who is trustworthy and true, you give us pastors to speak your word on your behalf. We pray for the church and for this household of faith. Help us grow daily in our faith by studying your word and prayer. Let your Holy Spirit work in this congregation. Give us a vision for the future and reverence for the past. Open our hearts and minds as you reveal to us the church you want Emmanuel Lutheran to be. Help us to know you better and to make you known to those around us. Triune God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, Heavenly Father, we commend all for whom we pray. Let us join together in the prayer Jesus taught us. God, which gives life to the world, sustain you. May the bread of life, Jesus Christ, feed you with the food that endures to eternal life. May the power of the Holy Spirit nourish and strengthen you in faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 